Welcome to the Hot Ticket Podcast. This is episode 183. On this episode, this is another overrated, underrated brand edition. These are definitively my favorite episodes to record. Um, They seem to be pretty popular amongst our listeners. So let's not waste any more time. Let's get into it. Makes it all feel complicated. Yeah, you ever heard that? You know song who I'm getting Machine into? The, you know who I'm getting into now, bro? Who? Paula Abdul. <laughs> oh, you're just now getting into Paula Abdul. She's only been what? out for you know. Well, you know, she's been out for literal decades. I just remember mom playing them right on the radio in the cassette. Oh, speaking of, can I interrupt you for just a second? Sure, sure. So the other day, Lauren and I were driving to the park and Alanis Morissette came on and and oh, Lauren shit. pointed this out and goes, like, didn't your mom listen to Alanis Morissette a lot? And I was like, yes. When Chris Every and I morning. were both kids, it was either Melissa Etheridge or Alanis Morissette. It was basically all the man-hating music compilation that mom would play every yeah. single morning. I'm a bitch, I'm a lover, I'm a child, I'm a mother, I'm a sinner, I'm a saint. I do not mean Oh, do you remember this one? Not Atlantis Morissette, but um, you remember this one? Come through my window, I'll be home soon. I'll be home, I'll be home, I'm coming home. Which is, I mean, it's like lesbian and Atlantis Morissette who literally... Praise upon young men, and and I think it's just because she wants to like essentially control their lives. You know, she was yeah. married to Ryan Reynolds. Really, Atlantis Morissette was married to Ryan Reynolds when he was young. That's my whole point. She's like a predator. She's like Demi Moore. You know, with like oh yeah, which Child is those are always doomed to fail. Like those relationships. And I mean, there's there's no sustainability in that. You, I mean, these ladies are so old and set in their ways. It's like, come on, these yeah. these young hunky men have to live their lives you're not gonna live your life with someone who's like getting ready to go through menopause like come on but Atlanta's more set dude yeah one of her songs came on the other day and like Lauren just looked over at me she's like did your mom used to play that all the time when you were younger I was like did I tell you that because it is accurate it's 100% accurate yeah I mean good hits man good hits not really Atlanta's more set is not a good singer I don't know and she's Canadian so two strikes um, mm. third strike is she has a horse face. I don't know. I don't think she's a good singer. Like she don't doesn't. Think to me, all she of her songs are just. I feel like all of her songs are just about maple syrup and Canadian bacon. Yeah, I mean, literally and lyrically in her songs, you get the undertone of certain sweet sweets and meats meats from Canada. I just can't relate. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> her songs are so angsty. It's like. It's like, who wronged you so bad that you created multiple albums with the same, like, level of emotion? Like, she doesn't have any happy songs. There's no sunshine and rainbows. It's like, I'm going to put a knife to your throat, you cock-sucking fuck. And that's like every one of her songs has those really deep emotional undertones. And none of them, like, there's not one of them where it's just like, hey, is everything okay? Not one. If they if there was a female group from the '90s and they had a sleepover, here's who I would imagine would be at the sleepover: mm-hmm. Lannis Morissette, mm-hmm. Melissa Etheridge, who's like the lesbian friend that everyone knows yeah. she's a lesbian, but they still tolerate it. 
And I don't know why this one, but the cranberries. Mm. <laughs> oh, I got one. I let me um let me add one to the mix. That's gonna be like the odd. It'll be the odd one out, but it's like everybody wants to be these girls, but no one really mm. wants to admit it. Ace of base. Oh yeah, ace of base. Yeah, and then you know because you always have to have, you always have to have um some uh, ethnic diversity in there. Yeah, salt and pepper. I was about to say salt and pepper. Like when they want to sneak out of the house and go do some fucking shit. And they call smoke salt and weed, pepper. They call salt and pepper. Yep. That's so true. Yeah, that's like, dude. That honestly, <laughs> that's like, that's the lineup of every like '90s high school show. Yeah. As far as like the and females, I, and I'm sure like back at school, like the next Monday, all of them are all of them see Salt and Pepper in the hallways. Yeah. And, and then like Salt and Pepper's like, "Yo, what's up, girls? Like, don't talk to me. I don't know you. Yeah. You know, just because like, but it's like, but we just hung out over the weekend. Right. But it's like, so then there's like this angst and like aggression towards one another because they don't want to admit in public that they're friends. Right. Yeah. 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 Definitely not. Definitely not. Yeah, together in their clique, but in the public, it gets weird. You know, they yeah. act like they don't know each other, and it's just and then like Melissa like a, Etheridge. It's really, like, it's when really are you gonna get a boyfriend? Yeah, all the while she's, she's like, like this bush she's like, I just haven't found the right guy yet. Guys are fucking dweebs. Yeah, but she has a more of a coarse voice when she says it. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, because she does. I mean, she sounds. I don't know if lesbians make certain sounds, but. She, you could ping that one. Yeah, she's she's pretty obvious. She's talking to like uh, Melissa Etheridge, and she's like, "I think I think I want to change my name to Wolfgang." <laughs> and Melissa Etheridge is like, "What?" <laughs> hey, you know what I just realized in the room that you're in? What? I don't think there's a light in there. <laughs> no, it's going to get dark. <laughs> I think there's a lamp. You may want to flick that. Hold on, on I got a better idea. I'm going to use my phone. And just hold it underneath <laughs> your chin. Yeah. Yeah, that works too. Yeah, that works. Yeah, you can do that. Uh, you don't do it now because it looks creepy, but yeah, you can definitely do that um, as the sun starts to go down. Yeah. So uh, kind of a bummer. Let's just say it now. Um, we had a, a podcast guest um, lined up for today and there was difficulties in him getting where he needed to go to be on. So we were texting back and forth and we just decided he was like, hey, man, like give me a half an hour. And, and Chris is like, I can't do it because Chris thinks that like family time and time you know, <laughs> with his kids is somehow more important than this interview, which I strongly disagree. But <laughs> nonetheless, he'll be on next week. So we're going to we're just basically flip flopping episodes. Um, so the, uh, the anticipation continues. It's one that I was super stoked about. And Chris knows I was really stressed out earlier. I was like throwing shit around, um, just trying to get ready. So part of that stress was because, um, this one is, it was supposed to be and will be a very good podcast with a very, um, important guest. And now it's delayed another week, which is frustrating but at the same time, I totally understand. And we just, and we, and it's we gotta like be perfect flexible. timing for it. I'm just going to tell who it is. It's perfect timing for it too. Just with everything that's going to gone on at the end of December and the riots and stuff. But we have Donald J. Trump. Yes. Yep. On the show next week. Sure did. So I'm sure there's a lot to say. 
He reached every out other to platform us. has shut him down, but not this one, baby. Not this one. Not this one. Mm-hmm. Not this time. Um, I was gonna tell you something, and somehow I forgot. It slipped my mind. It seemed relatively important, but clearly was not that important. You can compliment me. Oh, oh yeah. No, I was going to have people, I was going to have you tell people what you told me earlier about the EP Korea Cigar at, and I won't name the name of our local cigar lounge that we go to or the people who run it, but tell the audience, Chris, what you told me, because this very much is in alignment with my predictions around the winner of Cigar Aficionado's number one cigar of the year. I visited XYZ Cigar Shop uh, earlier this week, and uh, I approached the owners, as I typically do, and they we made small chit-chat, asked me if I had continued some of my chapters in my fantasy novel, because we're basically in a book club, and um, he goes, hey, why don't you look over there by the counter? <clears throat> and I look over by the counter, and I was like, what, the five-pack of my father's cigars? He's like, no, 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 to the left, and I'm like, the Dr. Pepper you added in the case? He's like, no, 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 to a little bit right of that. And I'm like, okay. And I see a blue wooden box that's open with cigars laying in it. And I immediately come to the conclusion. I was like, holy shit. I was like, are those the pledges? And he goes, yes, they are. Now, we're because we're in limited supply of them, we're only allowing consumers to buy one of each Vitola and that's it. So I bought two, but as I'm at the counter checking out, I told him, I was like, well, you know, the thing about this is, I was like, you guys ordered these a long time ago, say yeah. three and a half to four months ago. Yeah. And they, and I was like, my brother had a conspiracy theory that this was all intentional, that these cigars weren't meant to come out on time they were meant to come out at the release of the number one cigar by cigar aficionado and lo and behold he then continues to tell me this he's like well the first time we tried to make orders on them they said we we don't know if we'll be able to get them to you because you haven't been a supplier of ours for very long and we have limited supply, so you might not get any at all. They reached back out in September or something like that. And they were like, okay, you can have some now. And they're like, well, we want 20 boxes of the pledges. And, and, and EP was like, no, 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 you can have 10. And even at that time, a month later when they were checking, or a month or two later after they were checking up on the order, quote, unquote, hearing it here, they told them that, hey, this is the number one cigar that's c- coming out this year from Cigar Aficionado. Do not tell anyone. How crazy. I would just like to say one thing. Nailed it. Yeah. Nailed it. That that essentially proves what I had suggested the entire time. Oh. Oh, quote unquote, they said, you didn't hear this from us, but the pledge is the number one cigar by Cigar Aficionado. Yeah. It's interesting, right? That was that was more quote unquote. Yeah. Well, looks like the prediction and conspiracy theory of which I tethered together through all the evidence um, suggested that I was right the entire time. 
And there's proof. The proof is in the pudding, as they say. Yep. And uh, I don't know if I'm disappointed or it just kind of reaffirms everything that I already knew. You know what I mean? Like, it's almost like it was hard to be disappointed, but it's also at the same time, it's smarmy and disingenuine, and I don't like that. That's the part yeah. I get th- thinks to me. It's like if this, if that, if, if that is true, right? Yeah. Um, speculation, of course, until we really know. But I'd say based upon the evidence and the conversation, the dialogue that you had, there's a lot to suggest that. And one, obviously, I know these two people very well that own this cigar shop, as do you. And they wouldn't be anyone who would lie to our faces. I do have full confidence in that. So, there you go. Yeah. And I had the luxury of smoking one Thursday. Did you like it? I did like it. I did. Did you get your hands on that new Placencia yet? Yeah, the green one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll review that one because we got to reserve that for a podcast. Damn I, it, I, I didn't review it. You <laughs> smoked like it and didn't fucking review it? No, it was like $20 too. You're an idiot. It's a new cigar. It's a 2021 release. I know. That's so dumb. Why would you do that? Why would you even do that? Because I smoked it like two months ago. That's fucking retarded. You're uh, an idiot. You're an idiot. <laughs> well, you better go and get another here. one. I, I fucking Brian got one out of the back and got one for me the last time. So uh, I was uh, I was fortunate enough to get something that wasn't technically supposed to be available, but I got it anyway. So I'm that's something I'm very excited about reviewing because obviously I love Placencia. Yeah, um, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it, it certainly does. Um, let's get into it. So we are going to, as I always have a backup plan. Um, one of my fa- all-time favorite segments, and probably one of the most popular ones we do, and we haven't done one in a while, is um, the highly, highly liked and coveted, overrated, underrated. Yep, and this one is a special episode because it is. With a live audience. Yes, everyone applaud. Yes, this one is live. Thank you, everyone. Now quiet. <laughs> um, yeah, so this will be a brand edition. So the last one that we did, I think, was a cigar edition. So we haven't done a brand edition one in a long time because there's only so many brands. It would be to the point where we go through all the brands. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> there's going to be a point where it just ends. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I was, these are probably my favorite episodes to record. So I was really excited um, to kind of, although we don't get to do the highly anticipated interview that we had for today, <laughs> we certainly get to do one of my favorite episodes. So we got to do people, bro. People in the industry overrated. Oh, underrated. that is not a bad idea. Owners, cigar owners, overrated, underrated. Oh, <laughs> oh dude. Talk about, oh, man, that would just wowzers. Think about yeah. that. Think about the tension that would garner. We'd be in trouble. I know. Because you can't say every one of them's great. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> um, all right. Let's get into it. So finally, I can uh, I can do something a little cool with this episode. And I can share the wonderful wheel of brands. And uh, Luciano <laughs> is not the first brand. So you go, Chris, are you ready? Are you ready for this? You ready to get I'm into ready, it? I'm ready, bro. All let's right, do this. Let's do it. Oh, Drew 
Estate. Whoa, that's a good one to start on. Oh, oh. man, Drew Estate as a starter. How rough this, is that? This may be the only one that we do today because there's so much to say. This is a mixed bag, baby. Yeah, it is. <laughs> that, honestly, this is a troubling one, and I feel like you could get quite um, quite a riveting debate out of this, uh, out of Drew Estate as a whole. Um, I'll begin with this. One of the things that I hate about Drew Estate, that rhyme, didn't do that intentionally. One of the things that I can't stand about Drew Estate is that, and I get it to a sense, it's like they're a, they're a marketing juggernaut. Like that's, there's no, there's no other way to say it. They're great with marketing, probably one of the best in the industry. But one of the things that actually really irks me about Drew Estate as a whole is that they tend to be overzealous with the marketing aspect of what they do. It seems to kind of, um, I'd say trample over the factors of the blend. And I say this about a lot of manufacturers sometimes, like CAO is a perfect example where it's marketing before blend. I think Drew Estate has gotten to that a little bit more where you're just executing on certain sticks in the industry and you're using that brand recognition just to push things out. But are you really intentionally creating something good that would be well-liked by the masses? Because they are, let's make no bones about it, they are a love-hate brand. Like we both know that. They are very much a love-hate brand. They aren't a full support love brand um, by everybody in the industry. So with that being said, it's it, I kind of look at it and I go, okay, is Drew Estate a brand that I think creates good cigars and has mechanisms in place to create good cigars? Absolutely. Do they always hit that mark? Not always. I think there's a lack of consistency in the lines, which... Sometimes there should be, but it's like the disparity between what's good and what's bad by Drew Estate is what has me kind of irked because I look at, and this is minus the acid infusion stuff, right? Like I put that in its whole other, that's in its category on on its own. But I mean like in terms of you have some of these like fucking weird muat shit, this Kentucky fire cured stuff, this kind of low end, let me take these scraps and build something. It's like, uh, I would say like elementary level types of tobacco. And then you have things like the Liga series or like Ratzilla, like everything that kind of falls in with like the T52 blends and some of the higher echelon stuff, which some brands create that spectrum. But with like Drew Estate, I think that the, the, the wideness of the spectrum sometimes causes me pause a little bit when I look at how they want to represent themselves as a brand. It's it's like I kind of get the idea of let's create something for everybody. Let's make sure we have something online for everybody. But at the same time, you create this Pappy Van Winkle cigar that's like fucking $13, $14 and it's terrible. So then there's like that too. You know what I mean? And, th- and that's one of the things that I just don't like about the brand. But there's also plenty to say about the brand that I do like. They make some incredible cigars. I actually smoked. I, dude, I smoked and reviewed the T52 for the first time the other night, two nights ago. I've never reviewed the T52. Really? I smoked it and reviewed it. That cigar is incredible. It's so fucking good. So then I think about like T52 and I think about the Ratzel and even the 9 to a degree, which isn't my favorite anymore. I would put the T52 above the 9. But there's all these great high-end cigars that they do so well. And then there's just all this other gimmicky bullshit that they have at the bottom end of it. It's like just be one or the other. Do like what CAO did. 
just be garbage all across the board and then it's all good. <laughs> but they like, they'll do something really great and then they don't, it's kind of like a temperamental quarterback. You know, it's like you have these quarterbacks in the NFL, like a Ryan Fitzpatrick who can one game throw for five touchdowns and fucking 500 yards and the next game throw four interceptions for 129 yards. And you go, where, where's the fucking guy from last week? Drew State kind of reminds me of that kind of brand and it's just, it's kind of like a love-hate thing. I don't know. There's there's more that I don't like under the Drew Estate umbrella than I do, but the stuff that I really do like, I really, really, really like it. So it's, I don't know. It's a weird one for me. Yeah. I think I share all those sentiments. Um, I think generally speaking, I think it's over overrated. I think I think a blanket statement would say overrated. Wow, you just got but, right to it, didn't you? You were just like, overrated. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's hidden gems in them in there as well. Like yeah. I think that's the purpose of the whole, like overrated, underrated when it's cigar specific. But right. if I had to, if I had to blend everything that I've had or that 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 you know that they've made and mix them together into a stew, right? Is that stew good or is that stew shit? <laughs> and right. I'm saying it's a shitty stew that for the price specifically. I ain't gonna pay for that stew. Yeah, it's kind of weird when they use the the powerhouse marketing tactics and strategies they have to brand something like the egg, which is atrociously just a fucking garbage cigar, and sell it for twelve plus dollars. You know what I mean? Like that's my point. If you sold the egg for four bucks, it would be reasonable. That's in line. But you take this garbage tobacco and you mold it into this ungodly fucking shape that just captures the attention and imagination of all these dum-dums. And all these dum-dums go to the fucking brick and mortars or humidors or online and they spend $12 for this thing in a coffin case with some fucking like paper mache around it or whatever the fuck they put in there. Tobacco, shredded tobacco. And then and then you suggest that it's worth $12 and it just simply is not worth $12. Now, is it worth $12? Yeah, for the people who pay for it, but I would argue that those people are stupid. And <laughs> and that's the kind of shit that drives me nuts. It's like you use that those marketing tactics to kind of like pull one over on people. And, you know, it's, it's kind of like, I don't blame you. Shame on those people for being dumb. But at the same time, it's just like, get back to like doing the good shit, you know? Like the core lines, like the ones where everybody knows you're most well represented, like get back to that stuff. Cause that's the stuff like the enthusiasts of the world and the aficionados of the world and, and the people who really cherish cigars, that's the stuff they like. They're not, they're not reaching, you know, in the mixed bag of Drew Estate goods looking for the fucking egg, you know what I mean? Or the muon, yeah. like any sort of Kentucky fire cured shit that you throw into your lineup. They're not looking for that. Some people are. Again, they're idiots. It's that simple. So yeah. I, I agree with you. I'd say slightly overrated, but if I ever saw the point where like Drew Estate was just like, Fuck the marketing shit behind it and fuck the fact that we're run by Swisher Sweets who I'm sure put some sort of quote on stuff that they had to produce every year in so many lines of yeah. the like output. If they just got back to like doing what fucking Drew Estate does best and making fucking dope ass cigars, like rewind, you know, even fucking six, seven, eight years ago and, and further before that, I'd probably say underrated or I'd say appropriate at least. But yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you. I'd say slightly overrated. Yeah, and you know the thing is, is like, just name things that are very literal to the product you're making. Like, if it was the egg, I would just call it diaper bag. It's just shit. 
Yeah. <laughs> Diaper bag. I like that. You're starting to look really grainy in your image. You notice that? <laughs> I know. It's like it's, artifacting. It's, is there is there a lamp on that table by you? Because you could always flick that on and like there point, is. point that okay. toward yourself. Yeah, let me try. Hold on. Yeah, see if that works because you're like, dude, it's like your image is trying to suck out all the light it possibly can. I'm curious to see what happens if you, is it working? How does it need to be plugged in? Yep. Oh, that's weird. There you heard it right here on the podcast. Chris has difficulties mashing holes, which wouldn't be. Uh, there are some Edison style bulbs, but it appears that they don't work. And there's a, there's a switch on the cord. Did you flick that switch? I flipped it. Oh boy. It's going to start getting dark. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, maybe I could turn on the TV behind me. <laughs> Dude, you look so grainy. It's so bad. <laughs> Is there like a closet light or something in there? Uh, maybe. I don't know why there's not a light in that bedroom. It's a little, it's kind of freaky. Yeah, that closet light doesn't do a whole lot, does it? It does a little bit. <clears throat> Just on the left side of your body. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's um, that's a horrific looking fucking image for anybody who's, there you go. For anyone who's uh, watching the podcast on YouTube, you know what I'm talking about. That's much better. That's much better with the light on your face. Yeah, it'd be nice if you had a holder, but you don't. That's so much better. Looks great. I look like Opie from uh, the, uh, what is it, the Griffith Show? Andy what Griffith Show, yeah. Andy Griffith, yeah. Yeah, you kind of do. That's going to, your arm's going to start to get sore after a while, so I can't wait for this. Um, okay, so we both suggesting that Drew Estate is overrated in terms of a brand in totality. Yes. Cool. All right, let's do this. Let's move on to the next one, shall we? Sure. All right, so we ended with Drew Estate. Let's get into the Keep next going. one. Spin the wheel. Spin the wheel. <laughs> nub all right there you have it let's uh let's talk about nub as a brand nub is actually kind of a subsidiary of oliva and um what is there to say about nub has nub even released anything in the recent like fucking seven years nope all right nub has one good cigar and it's called the cameroon, the cameroon. <laughs> Um, it's actually a really good cigar and I don't like fat Vitolas, but I don't mind a short fat Vitola. You know what I mean? When you talk about in totality tobacco, right? Let's talk about like square footage or volume. Um, I kind of like the nub, you know what I mean? It's like a larger Vitola. It's a large, larger ring gauge. Um, but certainly shorter in stature. So most of them are in like a four and a quarter four, or four by, by like 60, 60. And I don't mind that. I don't mind that. I actually kind of like smoking the nub. It's actually enjoyable, and I like a good Cameroon um, cigar. So I think if we were to say, hey, the only thing nub created was the Cameroon, I'd say, yeah, for sure. But nub is not a good brand as a whole. I mean, most of their cigars, they're Connecticut, they're Maduro. They're just not good cigars. And I would say in, in total in the lineup, the only good one is the Cameron. And, yeah. and don't and don't forget, too, that they have their Cafe Series stuff. They have some, like, limited releases that come out of the holidays. There's, like, a mint one, and there's, like, a pumpkin spice one. So, yeah, Nub is just not a, it's just not a good brand. And it's one that I don't think that they really um, 
concentrate on a whole lot, especially anymore. You know what I mean? It's like the nub Cameron made cigar aficionados top 25 years back. And then it's like, after that, they just cease to do anything. It's like, I don't even know if they're still making nub cigars. And if they are, they're probably fairly limited. So this one's easy for me. I would say nub is very overrated. Yeah. I mean, the price point's not bad on them though. Right. Mm-mm. Yeah. When you can score that Cameroon for like four fifty, if you can get it sub $5, it's a pretty good deal because it's a good cigar and they smoke forever. Yeah. Um, they actually made pretty well too. It's just, I mean, the rest of the stuff is just not good. It's just not good stuff. It's just that yeah. simple. So do we both collectively agree? No dispute between the two of us that the nub, uh, the nub line as a whole is overrated. I think a nub's been said about it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, all right. Let's get into the next one, shall we? Cindy, come on down. Oh, Hana. This is a weird one because I've only had like two Ohana cigars. Um, and they're Sounds and, Hawaiian. Uh yeah, so I got I got these cigars when uh do you remember when Janice Tobacco, when Shad was still doing Janice Tobacco? Yeah. I got them from Janice's site, and actually weirdly enough, I just bought coffee off of his new site because he sells whole bean coffee. So I bought whole bean coffee, and it's delicious. Um, Ohana's a weird one for me. And actually I was excited to smoke these because it was like kind of a quiet boutique brand. Um, and I didn't really like them. (laughs) I was hoping I would like them because I really like some of that more like hidden boutique stuff. Mm Because there's just seems to be a purity and concentration around like the product itself. But I thought the cigars were like pretty so, so I wasn't like a huge fan. So for me, Ohana is, I would say not extremely popular in my opinion, overrated. I'll say overrated because I've never had them. But you know what's funny, Corey? (laughs) I slightly feel like the son that was caught masturbating under his bed sheets at night and his parents walked in and flashed a light on him. Yeah. You, here's the thing. You've (gasps) always, you've always looked like that kid. Mom, no, I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't doing anything. You've never not looked like that person. That's true. Every facial expression you make has something to do with coming. I look like a chronic masturbator. Yes, you do. And truth be told, you are a chronic masturbator. So, Like, my dick has calluses. Gross. (laughs) Um, All right. So that was an easy one since Chris had nothing to provide and share about the brand itself. So let's get into the next one, shall we? Yes. Oh, what is it? Oh, black birdies. This is a toughy, toughy, tough one for me. Here's the thing. There's a lot of good, not exceptional, but there's a lot of Mm. good cigars in the lineup. Mm -hmm. I think the, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm. um, the, uh, what is it? The The unkind. Yep. Formerly the crow is pretty solid. Formerly the raven, but close. Or raven, sorry. Um, the uh, finch is pretty solid with yeah. the Sumatran. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just smoked one of those, and I just smoked the rook not too long ago as well. Um, but generally speaking, um, the price point is good on them. Yeah. I don't know. A little gimmicky to say. Yeah. yeah. I mean, everybody's looking for a theme, right? Everybody's looking out, for, looking for a standout, right? Yeah. Like, who's done birds? 
but <laughs> who's done birds? <laughs> who's done snow animals? <laughs> right. You know, I get it. What if we came out with a brand that was like it was something similar to that? It wasn't birds, but it was like different types of lizards. <laughs> yeah, we could do that. But, and for us, it was like who's done dicks? You know, right? right. Yeah, yeah. Who's who's really explored the cigar dick market as hard as the hot ticket? By the way, uh, the knockout is officially sold out. Which sold is out. Yeah, really crazy. I had, I had people reach out to me and go, oh, "Sold out." I have so many people who are like, "Can I still get this?" And I'm like, "Nope, I can't even no. get it." <laughs> yeah, it's like I uh, I told Alex to put he reserved some packs for us. Is it just put them out there and get some of them sold so they're uh they're officially done which is fucking crazy he said uh that it was uh pretty fucking awesome so thank you for everybody who bought those cheap plug um i think i think they're kind of at the right level because i think the price points there even though the brand's a bit gimmicky um but i think they've got some pretty decent lineup cigars that are worth the price yeah, they were kind of one that back in 2019 came in hot and heavy on the market just to pre-IPCPR, right? That's when you first started hearing about them. Yeah. Um, and they came out with the Crow and the Unkind were the first two that I recognized and, and understood to be available, and which was Raven at the time. And I liked that cigar, actually. I thought it was pretty good. And these have more of that Dominican profile. They're rolling in the Dominican. Um, the owner Jonas, we had him on the podcast to kind of discuss everything that they were doing around the the brand and and for everything that he had that wanted to do intention uh, you know intentionality wise, um, he's pretty much set sail with those expectations that he created for the brand and himself to move uh, to move those cigars forward. So, you know, fast forward a year and a half or however long that's been, they're still on the market. They're hitting more shelves. Um, I agree with you in terms of like they're not the best cigars everywhere that I've ever had, and from a branding perspective, it is a little gimmicky. I kind of like it though, and I even I even admitted and made mention um, when they first kind of came out with the way that their labels looked and the font. Like I I'm somebody who loves consistency, yeah, especially in a brand. Like one of the things that I actually like about EP Carrillo as a whole is that EP Carrillo with like the La Historia and the Encore Majestic. And uh, the new pledge is that they all have some brand consistency, right? Which I really like and I admire that. So I like those kinds of things. Um, I just think that the cigars themselves are okay. They're not my favorite. Every once in a while, I get a hair up my ass and want to smoke one of those unkinds. And I really enjoy it when I smoke it. But I'd say overall in the total profile, they just kind of hover right in the middle. It's nothing that's going to blow your face off by any means. Um, But I would say decent cool progressive branding has probably helped surge some of their cigars um into the marketplace but i don't think with what they've currently come out with and what they have is like they're never going to make a top list of like best cigars not with what they're doing currently today but if you're actively getting cigars on the shelves and you're able to support it by who you are as a manufacturer and who you are as a brand then that's fucking awesome and people enjoy it that's all that matters i will say appropriate for the industry yeah. I don't think they're overrated or underrated, and I think time will tell. Yeah, that's true. They're still new. They're yeah. still relatively new. I mean, very new, all things yeah. considered. So, Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that ends it for Blackbird Cigars. Um, let's do like two more. Okay. And then uh, we'll, call it, we'll call it a die. Okay. You know what? Hmm. It looks like I'm filming my first episode of like Ghost Encounters. Yeah, it does. It's really dark in there now. I just, I noticed. Um, All right, here we go. 
Where will it land? <laughs> oh, Carillo. Is it Carillo? Uh, yeah, it's Carillo, Chris. Mm, it's Ep Carillo. Ep Carillo. So, hold on. Here's what I'll say. Based on what we told you today, mm-hmm. there is some fiduciary <laughs> right. happening in this industry with this brand. Yeah. There's some kerfuffling. Yeah. By the way, that's not the only news I've received about that cigar that makes what it is troubling. But I haven't yeah. told you, I haven't told you what someone else told me about it. But here's what I'll say now smoking it finally I can speak intelligently about it. Uh you can't hate the price, especially for what you get. A ten or eleven to twelve dollar stick is very respectable for what it is. Sure, there's some weird kerfuffling going on. Sure, we always see them in cigar aficionado. What does kerfuffling mean? That's a word I made up. Um, but kerfuff to kerfuffle to kerfuffle. Is to uh, be foolish and conniving. That's a kerfuffle. Is it really? No, I just made up the word. Okay. Uh, but from a brand perspective, for what they make, I think they're uh, honestly like right. They, I think they hit the mark in the industry. Um. But then I think about like all the all of the press and publicity around it and that whole shindig of like really hammering on how like the system, you know, like really taking advantage of the machine that is right. the cigar industry. Right. Does raise some eyebrows. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I don't disagree with that. But generally as a brand, if I was to strip away all of that and just look at the brand and the price and the quality of the cigars, I would say they're right where they probably should be. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's a brand I love because I love the cigars, right? Like even the stuff that's like not as popular, I think is usually pretty good. Um, Law Historia is one of my all-time favorites and I really enjoyed the pledge. Um, But yeah, it's like what in recent events have caused me to... um, I don't know, there's a painful suggestion that uh, your kerfuffling, as you say, has kind of eroded my, um, I would say, the purity of the brand overall for myself. So that's, that's a, and it's weird because there's going to be like people will be like, dude, you're just stupid. Like, shut up. That's not what it is. But it's like, I really believe it. <laughs> and, that, it, it and that changes it, my opinion about things. It, it, I don't, I, obviously there's nothing illegal about it. It's just kind of smarmy. Yeah, squirmy. Yeah. yeah. So, so I got this message, and this is what I was looking up. I had this message from somebody I know in the industry, and it was right after I um, posted a picture of the scar and asked people what they thought about it. And this was just in the recent month, actually, just around around a month ago. This person said it's painted. Didn't want to blow it up on mainstream media. I enjoyed the scar, just not the tanned lips. I said, no shit, really. Said, wet your finger and rub the cigars. Some of the color will transfer to your fingers. I was like, yikes, I didn't have that problem, but I believe you. It's hard to get a cigar that dark, but I'm sure 
I'm sure are less than others, but still, still was a good smoke. I stopped when I noticed the color transfer a little over halfway. So his suggestion was, is that the, the rich, deep, dark color on the cigar was not natural tobacco and was actually painted on the cigar using some sort of probably oil extraction or something like that. Dude, like a tanning oil. Yeah. I mean, something that obviously you can ingest as a human being, but he's still making the suggestion that, um, the cigar isn't a hundred percent pure. Kind of like when people always say that, um, you know, that Drew Estate adds certain, um, uh, smoke burning oils or high temp oils to their cigars to make more smoke production, right? Like that's not an yeah. uncommon thing that you hear when it comes to like the Liga stuff. So <clears throat> there's that piece of it too. Yeah. I would say overall though, because I love, here's the thing. It's like, you got to think about what EP Creo creates for themselves, which I love. And then you got to think about the stuff they create for other people like John Huber at Crown Heads, which most of the EP Creo blends that he has are fucking outstanding. So it's like all things considered in the track record, I still love the brand minus the fact that I think I'm dead on when it comes to this conspiracy theory. And there's a lot clearly coming to light that would suggest that I'm correct, um, which makes me not want to be correct. Um, so that's frustrating, but yeah. I would still have to say, I'm going to say appropriate for the market. I would certainly have said before underrated, but they're not really underrated because they're so popular. You know what I mean? Like you get Cigar Aficionado, you get number two in 2014, number one in 2018 and number one in 2021. You're not, you're not by any stretch underrated. Everybody knows you. Yeah. So yeah, I'm going to say appropriate for the market. I'm with you on that. Dude, I'm starting to look like Bella Lugosi in the old Dracula movies. Like, <laughs> done it? Mm-hmm. Don't I pull it? It's crazy. It is weird. When it's dead on, you can see the giant outline of your nose. <laughs> do, do the light dead on again. And your nose looks just massive. I'm flaring my nostrils right now. <sighs> Yeah, that's crazy. Um, all right, let's uh, let's do one more. EP Curio is a good one. We probably could have ended there, but um, let's do one more. Let's 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 bring this show to a shit storm. <laughs> yeah, what, how how much you want to bet this next one's just gonna not be a fun one? <laughs> probably. <laughs> we I feel like we ended on good ones the last few times. Yeah. So let's see. You ready? Yep. What will it be? What will it be? Oh, that's not bad. That's, that's not, not bad. Um, CLE, uh, which has, you've got like the Asylum that's a part of that, the Aroa line as a whole, like just a whole family of fucking tobacco. Um, They're this, a little pricey. Yeah, kind of, but not really. You know one of the things that I actually really like that they do? What? I like that they put the thin paper I did like the vellum. Yeah. Yeah. I love that they have it on the cigars because it offers a sense of protection and it's got a, it's kind of got a design flair to it as well. Like with their font, I like the real classic font. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that they do that. So I'm, I'm a fan of that for sure. Uh, I think their cigars are good. I think they're good. They utilize a ton of Honduran tobacco, which I love. Honduran just gives that nice, sweet smoothness. It's a little bit of tang to it. It's very bright. And mm-hmm. I like that. So they utilize a lot of that. I'm a fan. I'm a fan and I don't smoke it often enough. Admittedly, I don't smoke their stuff often enough. So yeah. that's that's a miss on my part. But I all things considered, I actually really I actually really like it. Their stuff's good. I do too. Um, and I think what I even like 
best about them is they're Ohio boys, right? No. Like, they opened up shop if you in say Cleveland, Cleveland Airport. I'm going to punch you in the face. Cleveland Airport. <laughs> I think they're CLE, man. It stands for Cleveland right. Airport. Could stand for cleavage. That's true. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah, this is a, this is a brand that um, I would say in the industry as a whole is probably... Not underrated, not overrated. I think people would think they're pretty appropriate from where they are currently. And I think I'd have to agree. I think they're appropriate for the marketplace. And I really like their stuff. I haven't really seen too many like new releases out from them actually at all in this recent year. Maybe I'm crazy and I just don't pay attention to the news enough, which I don't think is the case. But um, I, th- I like their stuff, man. I like the use of Honduran. They do Honduran tobacco like the whole you know, Christian Aurora and, and the JRE factory and like all that tobacco Aladino, like they utilize Honduran and, and, and ways that no one else does. And for me, that's awesome because it just, those cigars are fantastic. Um, so I'm going to say, um, I'm gonna say appropriate. I think almost yeah, underrated. I'll say appropriate too. Um, I'll let's, let's not end on that one. We got to end on another one. That one was just kind of like middle of the road, you know? <laughs> Um, let's see here. All right. No, oh, we already done. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Fuck me. You asked for it. You asked for it and the fucking gods delivered. They answered your calling. Already had a rough week. Why does it do this to me? So, fucking spinny wheel of torture. The last one, which is uh, needless to say, exactly what we predicted was going to be a fucking downer. To the end of the episode, <laughs> uh, is Christoph cigars? Yeah, it's weird. Um, there's like one Kristoff I like, and that's the Maduro. I kind of like the pissed off Kristoff, but the rest of them are super fucking subpar. Um, just not a brand I've ever really liked getting behind. I don't think they really do a lot for their own brand anyway. It just doesn't seem like there's a huge push for them in the marketplace. They just kind of exist. You know what I mean? Like in the realm of cigars, they're just kind of there. And, and in some shops, they're kind of pricey. Dude, and some they're really pricey, which is crazy to me because there isn't a Kristoff in the world that I think should be more than eight dollars. Um, so yeah, it's like I think they had a couple good ones. I really did like the Kristoff Maduro, not the Ladur- not the Maduro Lajero, just the Maduro. Mm-hmm. And I really like that cigar a lot. Yeah, but it's not it's not one that I feel can in a solo effort carry the entire brand because if I For look at sure everything not. else in the lineup, I just go. Yeah, I think it's a bit overrated. Great. Yeah, and just kind of there. Yeah, um, they, yeah, it's weird. It's like they occupy a space in the cigar world, but it's not one where they're like making a whole lot of cool noise. Yeah, they just literally exist, which is yeah. super, which is super strange, honestly. You know what I'm starting to feel like now, bro? Hmm. It's that scene in fucking Hook where uh, Robin Williams is is Peter Pan is like meeting Tinkerbell, and she's like flying around the fucking room. Like, That's what it oh. looks like. Oh. <laughs> you know what's really hilarious is there's no blinds on that window, so for anybody who's walking by, is just <laughs> what the fucking light is just watching off? you fucking flicker a light around. <laughs> like, what the fuck's going on up there? Who's sending the SOS message from fucking across the street? Lingardium Livio 
Lusa. Oh wait, Olubalosa. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Um, yeah, so I I'm I think we're both in agreement that Kristoff wouldn't be a very overrated brand. I think Kristoff would be pissed off at this review of, <laughs> that we gave him. Yeah, yeah, but it is what it is. I mean, I don't think a lot of people are going to disagree with us. Do you do you feel like we're being just a little harsh when our answers come so quickly <laughs> for some of our reasoning or for some of our decisions. It's mm. just kind of like, you, you know, you kind of want to be respectable, right? For the, the shit you're saying. Yeah. But, but you want to be some, genuine too. But some of them just come so natural. It's and just like, some yeah, of them just shit. Yeah. Some of them just <laughs> fucking listen. I mean, you know, we're saying what we're saying based upon opinion, but I don't think that there's a whole lot of people that I'll put it this way. There's other people out there that share our opinions about that. We, we wouldn't, this would not be a solo effort. I doubt suggesting any one of these things about any one of these brands. There's not a single human being or soul out there that, you know, doesn't disagree with us. And everybody's like adamantly against our position. I think for the most part, I think for the most part, people would be with us. That's like some Jeeper Creeper shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so weird I'm having too much fun with the dark You know the best part is, is like Anyone listening to this is probably like What the fuck is going on So I would suggest <laughs> watching this on YouTube Because then you'll actually understand the comical piece of it um, Alright I think we could probably end it there I think, uh, I think I'm pissed off The fact that we ended with Kristoff <laughs> But You know we can't. The, the train can't keep going forever that's true. Uh, there's only there again. There's only so many brands that we can rifle through. So it's, it's this will like, come to an end. This will point. come to an end eventually, and then we'll make our way into the owners, <laughs> which will be really funny. <laughs> what if what if we fucking did like uh, publication sites? <laughs> so funny. Yeah, we could uh, we could certainly do like a kind of a roast the owner type thing, which would be hilarious. Yes. I often thought that would be really funny when we have um, owners of brands on is that we spend the first five minutes roasting them. Like you and I, <laughs> you and I actually come up with material like they would in roast and then actually read it. <laughs> I think that would be so fucking funny, but I'm not that clever comedically. So I would have to have someone do it for me and then just read it. Maybe I'll call John Mulaney, my friend and tell him to write for me. John Mulaney's in rehab. Really? Yeah. For what? Drugs, Chris. Jesus Christ. You didn't know what? that? No, what type of drugs? Well, he was a uh he was like a cocaine fucking head for the longest time. Um let's see. Oh yeah, yeah, I was right. John Mullaney in rehab for cocaine and alcohol abuse. This was published December twenty first, twenty twenty. I mean, most people are in this day and age with twenty twenty. Yeah, comedian John Mulaney has checked into rehab for 60 days for alcohol and cocaine addiction. A source exclusively confirmed to page six of the 38-year-old golden boy of comedy checked into Pennsylvania rehab facility this past weekend. So right before uh, Christmas. Hmm. He's got a wife. Yeah, he does. I didn't know that you didn't already know that he had issues with drugs in this past. No. Nope. Yeah, I mean, you look at him and you go, well, there's no way that guy... Was ever on drugs because he looks like a dork, but yeah, he was, and he's back. So Damn. find someone else other than John Mulaney. I know I love him as a comedian; he's fucking hysterical. But yeah, total bummer, right? <gasps> Wait, did you hear that? It sounded like it came from down the hall. 
What's your name? <laughs> Are you here to hurt us? <laughs> oh, I did hear something. <laughs> 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 Were you something murdered else. here? Was <laughs> <laughs> that Quincy? <laughs> that totally was. <laughs> that was my dog, for sure. That's funny. Uh, All right. Uh, let's get out of this fucking shit show of an episode. Um, <laughs> hopefully next week we'll be back at you with the uh, the interview that we intended on having this evening. Um, again, a little bummed that that didn't occur, but, you know, sometimes you got to call an audible. Hint, hint for our guest. Sometimes you got to call an audible. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, but, yeah, I, I love doing overrated, underrated, so this was good. Um, check out our show sponsor, My Cigar Pack, www.mycigarpack.com, where at one time I'd be able to tell you you could still get the uh, the dongers knockout, but you can't anymore. It's sold out. Will it become a regular production item? I don't know. People are calling for it. It may become a part of a regular production series. We don't know. We don't know what we're going to do with it yet. It depends on the fandom, you know, whether or not people really call out for it. Maybe we will. Maybe we won't. Um, But nonetheless, you can check out MyCigarPack.com. Multiple subscription packs, different styles and variations. Um, They have their factory direct add-ons, which is what our Dongers Knockout was a part of. This month's uh, December's pack, which I believe you can buy these in a solo effort as well, was a Caldwell Takeover. I've not yet got into the pack, mostly because it arrived three weeks fucking late. Thanks, USPS. Um, but plan on smoking some of the um, the Caldwell stuff with the Lost and Found stuff. So you can get those packs. Um, and you can use our promo code at checkout. Hot 10 at checkout for $10 off your first pack. Sounds great. It is great. Um, you can also check out our reviews and everything else on our website, www.hotticketweekly.com. We posted our first review of the year, which was last week's episode, which is the Warped Maestro Del Tiempo. Um, the 6102R, 610, 610R, something like that. Um, we just released that huge score, kind of fucking just launched us right into 2021. We scored that thing at 92 collectively, which is crazy. Um, but you can check out that review. We'll have other reviews published once Chris figures out how to fix the site. Yep. Which hopefully will happen soon. Um, and we're going to be loading some reviews on the website as we move forward throughout this year. So check that out as well. Chris, anything you want to add to the end of the episode? Or are you just going to sit there and fucking make ghost figures on the wall all night? Lice, you little silhouette of a man. Got a mood, got a mood. When you do the finale. Don't jump off so blindly. Very, very frightening. Come on, man. It definitely looks like the Queen cover. Yeah, it does. Too bad. Oh shit! Too bad it didn't sound anything like it. All right. Well, that'll end this episode. This episode one eighty two. We'll be back at you guys next week with episode 183. See everyone. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of the podcast. We greatly appreciate it. Let me tell you how you can get a hold of us. You can get a hold of myself 
at the hot ticket pod on instagram you can get a hold of chris at hot ticket chris on instagram as well you can find this podcast it is available all over the place you can find it on apple music spotify google podcast stitcher and more and you can find the podcast available on video on youtube look up the hot ticket weekly on youtube and you can watch all the fun happen before your eyes thanks everybody for listening to this episode and as always please subscribe rate and review on itunes if you could and check out our show sponsor my cigar pack at www.mycigarpack.com again thanks for listening we'll be back at you next week